Hello and welcome to HIMSCast. I'm your host, Jonah Comstock. I'm joined today by Dr. Gustavo Kinris, who heads up mental and behavioral health at Teladoc Health. Welcome to the show, Dr. Kinris. Thank you for having me. So you're here to talk to us a little bit about a survey you guys did about a week ago about um, mental and behavioral health during the pandemic, about how employers are responding and the role that, that telehealth is playing. Tell me a little bit about just sort of the broad overview of, of what you found when you um, interviewed or, or commissioned that survey to interview those employees. Well, overall, we found that uh, uh, almost uh, 50% of uh, individuals are actually using more, um, you know, uh, virtual care and have experienced uh, as well uh, uh, more um, mental health related or psychological distress. And that's down to the the uh, stress related to the disease itself or to the, the lifestyle changes vis-a-vis quarantine or what do you think what do you think we're looking at there? Well, our survey definitely detected that the, the COVID-19, uh, you know, has had a negative impact on mental health. Um, and, uh, you know, as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, you know, a staggering 85% of respondents uh, indicated that the mental health has been affected by the pandemic. Uh, you know, many pointed out the, the social distancing, isolation, uh, the fear, uh, which was initially uh, related to, you know, health anxiety, since there's a threat out there, uh, that's uh, you know, you know, you know, our 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 bodies, our minds really respond in a very specific way to a threat, and this is really a threat to everyone, no exception. Uh, so in many ways, uh, we are all thrown into a you know, fight or fight, uh, um, you know, state, and uh, that creates quite a bit of a uh, you know. Uh, cortisol and, and neurotransmitter overload in our bodies, uh, and, um, which, which pushes uh, really the limits of uh, stress, both uh, you know, from a psychological perspective, but physical as well. Now, we did see that those results were a little different for some different demographic groups, right? Uh, women were, were having more, uh, reported more mental health effects of, of the COVID-19 than men and young people were, were affected more. Is that right? And, and what do you think that's down to? Well, that's correct. Yeah, you know, uh, you know definitely more women were affected. Uh, but uh, surprisingly, you know, what we expect to see, you know, uh, uh, the truth is that uh, from an epidemiological standpoint, uh, when you look at depression, anxiety, which are really the most prevalent, uh, you know, uh, psychological illnesses, uh, in general, you find that uh, you know, in the general population, uh, you you know, depression, anxiety affect uh, you know, as many as double the amount of uh, women than men. So it's really two to one, uh, two to one uh, ratio. Uh, interesting enough, when we saw uh, uh, the results of the the survey. The negative impact on female responders continues to be far greater than in male responders, right? Fifty-seven uh, percent versus forty-three uh, percent. Uh, uh, and as you pointed out, among young individuals, more than half really uh, uh, reported being negatively impacted. However, you know this the split that we're seeing seems to indicate also that. Uh, 
uh, more men are seeking out uh, um, and feeling the effects and seeking out uh, mental health care through virtual care um, due to the pandemic. And when I, s go ahead. When I say that, I mean, uh, I'm using, uh, you know, that we would expect, uh, you know, double the numbers of women actually seeking help or being affected, since that's the typical prevalence of depression. We, you know, we're women two to one uh, for men. But um, clearly, uh, you know, it seems to be a secondary effect of the social distancing, uh, both men and women, um, you know, staying home, and men being notoriously uh, averse to seeking help for both that for any physical condition, but in particular for, for uh, 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 psychological needs. Uh, so we see that that might be changing a little bit. So we could be shattering a little bit the stigma and uh, you know, the reluctance that certain individuals, in particular men, uh, to seek out uh, help. And I think virtual care is uh, definitely a, a great equalizer for that. Yeah, that's so interesting, because I could see two sort of possible explanations for that. One being just that the because we're in a crisis situation and everyone knows it, you know, people might feel more comfortable seeking help for for mental health than they than they would have um you know thinking it was just sort of quote unquote their problem or something but then two is is we've known for a while that uh virtual health telehealth has a tendency to help people to get over that stigma because they don't have to go out to they don't have to sit in a waiting room they don't have to interact with anybody other than the doctor right Absolutely, yeah. In many ways, we have a convergence here of two equalizers. You know, the COVID-19 pandemic, it's a threat to all of us, with no exception. And uh, we, we always like to say also that, uh, you know, uh, virtual care is uh, uh, one of the great equalizers since it provides, uh, you know, accessibility, in, uh, you know, to treatment and in a private, uh, uh, convenient uh, uh, environment. So, uh you know, what, what we are kind of, you know, hypothesizing here is that uh, men in particular, of course, women as well, are feeling more comfortable seeking out help uh, without having to go through a, a physical location, stay in a waiting room uh, and then see a, a provider. Uh, with the accessibility that virtual care provides, uh, it's certainly not only easier but more private to, uh, you know, connect with someone through a video call or even a phone call uh, and go from there. So is there anything in this survey that you would say kind of presents an actionable lesson for the healthcare industry, um, for, for providers of, of mental and behavioral health services? Uh, absolutely. I think, I think there are many lessons. Uh, uh, first, it is, uh, you know, pretty clear that uh, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic has, you know, uh, uh, put everyone uh, at, at, at a notice, right? Um, you know, it's a struggle. It's a real struggle. You know, um, you know, when we see half of people right now reporting a struggle with uh, mental health due to the COVID. But the good news is, is that more than ever, people are turning to virtual health for mental health care. Uh, you know, uh, we you know, as we compare to our previous survey, where about forty percent 
or people actually looking for uh, virtual care, you know, in the fall, we're seeing an increase of 60% now reporting they would use uh, virtual health, and in particular for, uh, you know, for their mental health needs. So virtual health, as uh, we mentioned, is a, is a, an equalizer, you know, uh, because everyone can have access. Now, you know, with the COVID being also an equalizer when it comes to mental health. Everyone is in this together and understands, you know, the stress. Uh, you know, virtual care is, uh, you know, a, a literal lifeline to a lot of people that can uh, now access uh, uh, virtual care and attend to their physical or mental health needs uh, in a, you know, not only private, but, uh, you know, um, you know uh, uh, effective way. Um, in terms of the industry, just to go back to your question, uh, there are lot, lots of uh, uh, um, lessons, and one of them is that uh, the pandemic has accelerated the process and the adoption, right? The, the, the move, the shift to telehealth, since everyone and most uh, uh, medical uh, hospital systems have, have found themselves, uh, you know, forced in many ways to uh, uh, shift to telehealth. And what we're seeing is that, uh, you know, both among providers and uh, patients as well, uh, that were previously reluctant, uh, and, and in particular as it pertains to mental health, saw it as uh, uh, a lesser option since you don't have that uh, con physical contact, direct contact with your provider. Uh, people actually, you know, uh, changing their minds and uh, really uh, 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 realizing that it could be equally uh, effective that you can really establish a rapport, a, an alliance with a provider you've seen. And uh, it brings a lot of, um, um, again, uh, conveniences in, in terms of accessibility, hours, uh, the fact that you don't have to you know, drive to a physical location, park, take half of the day to actually uh, you know, uh, uh, see one of your providers. And you can also um, uh, have uh, more access in the sense of uh, more days, more hours that are available. Uh, you know, it, there's a more rapid turnaround time to uh, schedule appointments, just to give you a sense, uh, in particular in mental health. Um, if today you decide that you'd like to see a, a psychiatrist or a therapist, it may take, you know, four to six weeks, possibly more, depending on what area in the country you are, uh, versus a virtual care, where you can actually do that in about four to six days. So there is no question that there are major advantages there. And a lot of people are realizing that. As a matter of fact, I'm hearing from lots of patients that they actually wondering, do we need to go back? Or can I continue to see you through, uh, you know, telehealth? I like the virtual uh, care idea. So it will be interesting as states start to reopen um, how uh, how things are going to uh, turn out and uh, develop further. But I don't believe we're going back to a, a full model of physical contact uh, and brick and mortar practices. I think. Uh, there will be a major legacy from the COVID-19 pandemic that uh, uh, many systems will, uh, in particular healthcare systems, will uh, retain and adopt uh, um, further and further uh, telehealth options. What about the supply and the infrastructure? Uh, have you been able to, has it been a challenge at all for Teladoc to sort of 
meet this rising demand for virtual care and for telehealth and behavioral health? That's a great question, Jonah. Um, it is. It has certainly been a challenge. However, you know uh, our our uh, I mean, our providers and uh, our team at Teladoc has most definitely stepped up, and you know our volumes have doubled uh, since uh, uh, March when everyone uh, went to social distancing and stay-at-home uh, orders were, were uh, issued. Uh, by the same token, our network of providers has doubled as well, as well to uh, uh, tackle uh, the additional demand. So we have done really a fantastic uh, job and uh, in many ways uh, acknowledging that um, um, you know, Teladoc Health itself has actually offered um, uh, access to all, uh, no, free access to really all our employees uh, to to uh, uh, better help, which is a, a therapy-based uh, uh, platform, part of uh, Teladoc Health. Uh, you know, as an employer, you know, acknowledging that uh, there is a need for mental health um, uh, um, uh, issues in the midst of the, the COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, so in many ways, I mean, we're seeing a lot of employers and I, uh, you know, that uh, actually are doing that and um, extending additional benefits, um, you know, to, uh, you know, uh, how could I say, uh, um, better support their own employees. We talked a little bit on our show a couple of weeks ago about um, how different kinds of mental health providers, you know, especially private practitioners who, you know, who have just seen patients in their homes or in small offices um, are reacting to this and, and having to sort of become proficient in telehealth overnight in order to see their own patients. So I'm curious, what advice do you have for folks in that position? And, and what has Teladoc done to sort of reach out to the, the brick and mortar therapists who all have you know suddenly found themselves in this new telehealth world. Uh, we have been uh, in contact with many uh, 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 large groups and hostel systems, and establishing collaborations, and uh, many of those have joined our network. Um, you know, um, you know, uh, is, you know, in in the in, with the goal of actually supporting the uh, patients and uh, and um, you know customers. And what about the policy side? I mean, I know there was a there was a HIPAA waiver, um, but I know reimbursement is still a big consideration, and and reimbursement for telehealth doesn't always happen at the same rates as in person therapy. What has happened so far that you've seen, and and what do you feel like still needs to happen to to make sure that the government sort of supports this new normal and this this move to telehealth? Uh, that's that's an excellent question. I mean. Um... Uh, we have been working closely with uh, legislators. We don't, I, mean, I think anybody can answer that question for sure. Uh, you, know, the, you know, federal, state agencies and governments have uh, stepped up and uh, really created, uh, you, know, uh, you know, provided a, 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 you know, a fantastic uh, uh, um, loosening in those regulations. And which in turn have demonstrated that virtual care is the way of the future. Uh, I don't think anybody can answer what's, what will happen when the state of emergency, is, you know, in most states, uh, you know, is, uh, is retracted. 
but uh, in many ways, we hope that uh, some of those regulations and the experiences during the COVID-19 pandemic will remain and um, will will teach and inform us uh, about uh, future decisions in terms of uh, legislation. Awesome. Anything else on your mind or anything else that you think is an, an important angle on this that we haven't talked about yet? Or even experiences from your own practice? Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, um, in, in, in many ways, uh, you know, just going back to the to that aspect that, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, we at Teladoc, we really uh, uh, practice what we preach. So we have really offered, uh, um, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, 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 additional benefits for all our employees. And, um, and uh, as many other businesses have done something similar, uh, we have seen an uptick in the visits, and uh, and of course, uh, you know, I, I, as a practicing psychiatrist, I I have had uh, interesting um, interactions with many patients, and uh, what we see is uh, just to give you a couple examples. Um, as we are talking about um, more men seeking out and feeling more comfortable uh, looking for for care when otherwise they wouldn't. Uh, I can tell you about a couple of cases more recently, and one is a young man uh, in his uh, uh, late twenties uh, who has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and had been taking uh, medication for bipolar disorder for many years, and has been doing you know was doing great, and until um, you know, COVID nineteen pandemic uh, hit everyone, the social distancing, and uh, he actually decided to. Um, uh, stop his medication since he was feeling better, and he assumed that um, you know he's uh, he should be okay. And obviously, you know, in a matter of uh, a few days, he uh, uh, called me and uh, you know telling me that you know he, obviously he wasn't doing so well, and he ended up being hospitalized. And hopefully, we could uh, keep the hospitalization uh, uh, very brief, with just a matter of days when uh, usually it would take probably a couple of weeks for him to be in the hospital before he was released. But as we coordinated with uh, the team in the hospital, he was able to be released in about three days uh, in time for Mother's Day, which made him very happy. And I've been following him through virtual care, um, you know, uh, several times a week, in many ways simulating uh, and uh, preventing, simulating uh, what the kind of care that he would get in the, inside the hospital and also preventing him from going back to the hospital. So uh, it's, uh, you know, a good example of what uh, uh, virtual care can offer in the future in terms of cutting costs, uh, bringing patients back to, you know, environments where they're comfortable with and, uh, and keeping people well. So once we resume his medications, we made some adjustments, uh, we involved his family, uh, you know, in most of the meetings we actually include uh, both his parents uh, we are very involved and very supportive um, uh, of his care and uh, in his well-being. And uh, he's been doing great since then. Uh, that's just an example. And uh, the other one I can think of uh, is also, again, something related to COVID-19, but in a different way. Um, it's, uh, this is a gentleman in his 40s, uh, an amateur athlete who runs every day, you know, you know, bikes every day, very active, very outdoorsy, 
Um, and uh, since the social distancing was put in place, he really has struggled greatly. Um, and and in, 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 you know, in, in, as a function of not being able to go out and also due to uh, concerns about, uh, you know, getting sick, you know, in terms of health anxiety. And also, of course, there's always uh, the financial burden that comes uh, with uh, all the limitations associated with the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, so he started to develop depression. He had no history of that before. And, uh, you know, with signs of anxiety as well. So he sought us out. And uh, one of the hallmarks of, uh, of that is that he, he would never would have sought out uh, treatment uh, in a brick and mortar, you know, physical location, uh, exactly due to stigma. You would be embarrassed to be found or in a, in a psychiatric office. Uh, so um, he was able to do that and, and reached out to us. Uh, I've been in touch with him. He's, um, you know, he's, uh, he actually didn't even tell his family members, wife and kids, that he was struggling with that. He was hiding that, uh, you know, uh, uh, the most he could. And uh, he actually lives in a small, very small uh, uh, house, and he had no privacy in that case. And we are conducting his appointments uh, out of a bathroom where he would, you know, uh, cry profusely during the appointments. Um, and uh, we started treatment, and he's doing great now. Um, he's uh, been able to, um, you know... Uh, uh, resume a lot of the things that he had stopped doing due to his depression. He was able to open up to his wife, feels more comfortable, you know, uh, being around people and uh, with the social distancing, which still had not ended for him, and find other ways of coping with the stress of uh, the confinement that really has had uh, greatly affected him. And in many ways, uh, feels more uh, easily in his own skin. Uh, uh, you know, shattering again the stigma uh, of, uh, 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 you know, mental health and uh, having psychological issues. Uh, he has a completely different understanding and feels more comfortable, although he seems still more leaning towards continuing uh, through virtual care, but definitely opened up to come and, and see, uh, you know, uh, uh, providers uh, uh, in person as well. Yeah, so those are really interesting stories. I mean, to to sum it up, I mean, how how would you say that what you do has has changed or, or hasn't changed um, because of the pandemic? Well, I would say everything has changed. Um, very few things have not. Um, in many ways, from a clinical standpoint, you know, we look for different symptoms as uh, as the pandemic has. Uh, taught us, um, you know, uh, both depression, anxiety, and any other psychiatric disorders are manifesting in slightly different ways, and we're still learning from that. Um, but also, um, you know, in many ways, I confirmed that uh, the shift, albeit, uh, you know, uh, somewhat, um, you know, uh, forceful and uh, abrupt uh, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, it has been very informative in the sense that it has confirmed that, uh, uh, you know, virtual care for mental health is, uh, you know, uh, uh, cost-cutting, efficient, private, accessible, and, you know, convenient to 
both patients and providers. Uh, we have seen uh, actually increasing volumes, which is uh, good news for uh, mental health in general, since that means we are seeing actually uh, more people seeking out help. Because as, we, as you know, uh, you know, about half of Americans that have uh, mental health issues do not seek help. So the increased volumes not only uh, reflect, um, you know, the confinement. It's not that we, the COVID-19 has actually increased necessarily, uh, you know, psychological distress, which of course it has, but it also is leading to an increased awareness and an increased um, uh, accessibility to individuals that already had any sort of mental illness that are now feeling more uh, comfortable seeking out help. Well, that's great. I mean, a bit of a silver lining to this crisis, I suppose. Yes, if there is a silver lining, I think that's, uh, that's certainly one of them. Well, it's been just great to talk to you, Dr. Kinris, and um, obviously I appreciate the work you're doing over there at Teladoc. Oh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, John. Thank you so much. And as always, thank you all for listening. I'm your host, Jonah Comstock, and until next time, stay safe. Mm-hmm.